Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Economist. From The Economist in London, this is Money Talks, a weekly conversation around themes in the worlds of business, finance, and economics. I'm Stan Pagnell, the banking editor. This week, we look at the fallout from corporate blow-ups. Every once in a while, a company will screw up in a way so epic that its very existence is called into question. Gigantic fines and shattered corporate reputations ensue. That happened this week with Volkswagen, the German car maker that confessed to cheating on emissions tests in America. We'll start by having a look at Volkswagen's troubles with Simon Wright, our industry editor, and then Ed McBride will help us have a broader look at how firms deal with such disasters. As finance editor, he has seen a few of them. Simon, let's start with you. What happened exactly with Volkswagen? What has happened? The cars are tested in America on a, on a cycle um, to check for emissions and indeed fuel efficiency and emissions of carbon dioxide. Volkswagen had inserted some software into the engine management system of their car. This software stopped emissions of nitrogen oxide temporarily while the test was in progress. And in fact, in real world driving conditions, these emissions could be 40 times higher apparently. So they've uh, admitted this. Uh, the impact on Volkswagen shares was pretty dramatic, down some 20-odd percent, uh, and some suspicion that they might have to pay uh, the kind of fine that's usually reserved for the financial sector. Yes, it seems so. I mean, the, the, in theory, the total fine could be $18 billion, though most people think that, that the fine will be much less. But the collapse in Volkswagen's share price is only partly uh, a reflection of the fine they might face. It also reflects the damage to their reputation. Also, it's put a focus on the other problems of the company. I think what you have to remember with Volkswagen is, in fact, in America, it's quite a small car company. Its market share of Volkswagen and its other brands, like Audi and Porsche, is uh, around about 3.5% compared to sort of almost 18% for GM. Also, uh, diesel cars, which, which are the cars that are affected by nitrous oxide emissions, also a very, very small part of the overall car sales in America. Uh, Americans don't really like diesel cars. So the huge fall in its share price is really a reflection of the damage this uh, it could do to Volkswagen's reputation around the world. And in fact, subsequently, Volkswagen has said this could affect 11 million cars. Uh, surely they're not the only car company to have figured out that uh, emission tests could be gamed, right? Uh... Certainly not. I mean, you have to look at Europe, where the uh, testing system is different. Both test cars on a, a standard set of tests – but in America, the EPA, who uh, regulate emissions, the Environmental Protection Agency, who regulate emissions, then subsequently obtain production cars and check that the car company has the figures they've quoted are correct. In Europe, it's different. The test cycle is conducted by the car companies and supposedly independent testing companies who test the cars also on a cycle that is very unlike real-world driving. But in Europe, car companies are permitted to do all kinds of things to game the system. It's widely suspected that many, many car companies use an engine management system that can detect the start of the test. Also, they can do things like remove the alternator, tape up panel gaps, 
And this is perfectly acceptable in Europe. In America, if the car companies are found to have cheated the tests, there are sanctions that can be levied against them. In Europe, there are none. And I think that this real scandal is going to blow up in Europe where not only nitrous oxide figures are much higher in real-world driving conditions, it appears, but also fuel efficiency and carbon dioxide emissions are much, much higher too. Right. So Volkswagen has uh, been caught and it now has to go down a a well-trodden path of corporate repentance. Uh, Edward, this is where uh, you're going to come in because plenty of companies that you look at have been down this patch. There's two different uh, approaches uh, potentially uh, and I wonder if both of them are are still valid. But people talk about BP and Exxon. Uh, BP, the the Deepwater Horizon spill, uh, it happened. Uh, BP immediately put its hands up. They had corporate social responsibility types, you know, saying we'll pay whatever needs to be paid. It's all our fault. And it's ended up costing dozens of, of billions of dollars. At the other end of the spectrum, you had ExxonMobil after the Exxon Valdez spill, decided to contest it, basically went to court, uh, took a nasty PR hit, but actually ended up not paying out all that much in compensation. I mean, are, are these the two approaches that CEOs have when disaster strikes? That's right. I mean, I think the real problem for BP you know, there was this initial question, are they to blame? Was the company doing the drilling, the contractor doing the drilling for them to blame? Was the company that owned the rig that was being used to the drilling? You know, they sort of debated who held primary responsibility. And I think BP had advisors, lawyers, PR types who said, look, this is going to look dreadful. You you don't want to be seen to be trying to pass the buck. Admit that at some level you're responsible because you're BP and you hired everybody and it's your well and take the hit. The problem with that was the hit turned out to be absolutely massive. And I think at the time that that advice was given, no one quite had any conception of how much money BP would ultimately end up paying yeah, tens just, of billions. Yeah, I was looking at this morning. It's $54 billion, uh, of total costs and a settlement of, of $19 billion. I mean, even for a company the size of BP, that's enormous. And in fact, the suspicion was that the government was uh, was pitching the level of fines and compensation at a level which they knew it would cost BP as much as it could without putting BP out of business. Well, you know, there's obviously a temptation for governments to do that, right? I mean, at the moment when something like this occurs, the company has already, in effect, turned itself into a villain. So beating the villain over the head, if that's what the regulators, the government, the, the, the officials at the EPA or the Department of Justice or wherever, if that's what they decide to do, no one's going to blame them for it. And I think that's probably the difference with the, with the uh, Valdez spill. That was a long time ago. The scale of the fines uh, wasn't nearly so big. There wasn't quite such a pugnacious relationship between the regulators and the companies. So you're in trouble either way, right? You, you fight it out like Exxon did. You'd take a terrible PR hit, but also you, you'd still have the regulators pursuing you for these same kinds of fines of this kind of magnitude. You know, if you lose, you're in massive trouble. On the other hand, there's a sense that you're writing a blank check if right at the beginning of the process you say, okay, it, it was our fault. We'll, we'll do whatever it takes. And that is pretty much the approach that the banking sector has taken in in the U.S. Um, They have paid $260 billion of fines uh, to date. This is globally banks. They've got another $60 billion to come, uh, according to to analysts. I mean, these are are enormous figures that have depressed bank profits ever since the, the financial crisis. And the dynamic there is quite interesting, Ed, because actually it's virtually impossible for a bank 
to contest these charges that uh, that regulators and prosecutors put to them because the losses would potentially put them out of business. Right. So I think banks are in a similar position to VW in one respect and a totally different situation to VW in another. So the, the way in which they're similar is unlike Exxon, nobody ever loved Exxon. You know, I know they've got a Tiger logo and so on. It's, it's an oil company. You associate the name with something sort of oozy and mucky and not very pleasant, right? VW has a brand that is its lifeblood, right? You you think the cars are safe, they're well engineered, you know, you have to sort of respect the company in some sense because it's um, not just consumer facing, but the sort of product where the brand is very important. So VW, I think, probably can't really risk its brand the way maybe a company like Exxon could say, well, we'll fight it out. Yeah, ultimately, they're selling a commodity. People, If people need petrol, they will just stop at whichever, whichever petrol station is nearest to them. Exactly. But the way in which the banks uh, are different from VW or Exxon is, as you say, that the regulators have much greater power. The EPA can't really just turn around and shut down VW tomorrow. It could make its life very difficult, but it, you know, there's no sort of magic wand it can wave and put VW out of business. That's not true of banks, right? If, if, if the financial regulators don't uh, give particular licenses or if they withdraw the licenses the banks already have, then that's it. They're finished. It, it, and that can happen overnight in theory. A lot of European banks got caught up in the uh, in, in U.S. fines. They were complaining particularly bitterly. BNP, for example, getting fined nine billion for nine billion dollars for for sanctions busting. Uh, it's noticeable that BP is a European company. Volkswagen is a European company, and you do hear uh, CEOs saying, "You know, this is just uh, outrageous. It's American regulators and prosecutors, you know, bilking us because we're we're foreign companies." Uh, Simon, do you think that's credible? Well, in VW's case, I think it's a sign that they, they have a much more sort of robust system for testing cars, whereas in Europe, VW and many other car companies, I think, have got away with this. I, I think there's a sense, isn't there, that, you know, it, I, I'm sure it's true in any country, a foreign company is an easier target than a domestic one. You have to bear in mind that this administration has had a bit of an environmental crusade as well. It, it's uh, tried to clamp down on CO2 emissions around the country, both from fixed sources and from vehicles. It's, it's tried to put measures through Congress, but not been able to in terms of raising environmental standards. Instead, it's, it's done it itself uh, through its administrative power. So in a sense, it's got a track record of being strict uh, in these matters. And you could reasonably expect it to see this as an opportunity to put its agenda forward. I, I should add, uh, European companies that feel victimized should have a look at some of the fines that U.S. banks have had to pay. Uh, Bank of America by itself paid $65 billion, uh, mostly over mortgages and so on. So I think that argument does, doesn't really stand up. Uh, the, the other one uh, that you hear is fines punish shareholders. And in fact, the people people who should be punished are the bosses, uh, the people who who did the wrongdoing. Uh, it was interesting. I was reading a story this morning of a, a, a boss in, in the US, a uh, boss of a peanut company who was jailed for 28 years over a salmonella outbreak, uh, found found guilty of, of, of negligence. And the, the, the salmonella outbreak uh, was linked to, to nine deaths. You hear this a lot, Ed, that, you know, Bankers don't get thrown in jail. Here again, in the case of uh, Volkswagen or a BP, you know, nobody, nobody will go to jail realistically, right? Is that satisfying? Should we want to see chief executives held personally accountable? As you point out, if there's a fine levied, 
it's the shareholders ultimately who who end up paying for that. Now, you could make the argument that VW shareholders have have benefited from VW's cheating. You know, VW has sold more cars. It's it's had a better reputation. That that has. Um, helped the shareholders ultimately. That might be true, but of course the shareholders change, right? And also the shareholders can't be held responsible in the sense they didn't know it was happening. Uh, whereas we have to assume that you know, this was done intentionally with, within VW. So first of all, it, you, you wouldn't be getting the right people with the fine. Um, but second, you wouldn't be deterring similar action that strongly, right? I mean, obviously it's bad for the CEO and for the senior executives if the company's profits plunge, its share price plunges. But it's not quite the same as the deterrent factor of facing time in jail. Since it's it's somewhere in the management of the company that the decision was made to do the rigging, to, to cheat on the tests, you know, those managers in future will, will think twice, uh, I think, if there's a realistic prospect of jail time. They, they won't if it's just a hit to the share price. Yeah, I find punishing shareholders to be much more satisfying than you do, I think. I mean, ultimately, the management is working uh, for the shareholders. As you point out, the shareholders have have profited. It's very difficult to punish executives. It's, it's never the same people. It's very difficult to pin down blame. It's always you know some underling who, who takes it in the neck. Um, the shareholders own the company. It is, it is their endeavor. Uh, if somebody needs to take a hit, it, it, it should be them. I don't agree at all. I, I think that's – first of all, it's very unfair to the person who bought VW shares last week, right, and could in no way have exercised the right due diligence as a shareholder to try and improve the management to avoid this event. The event had already taken place, right? It just wasn't publicly known. So you're never going to catch the right group of shareholders. The way it works is to make sure by statute – so you know it, it might require some change to the law – but to make sure by statute that senior executives can be held responsible. Right? The problem is, as you suggested, Stan, when everybody denies responsibility, it's very hard to identify who the culpable person is. Some middle manager uh, becomes the fall guy and you think that hasn't really changed corporate behavior. But if senior bosses are responsible for instituting the systems that make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen, uh, otherwise they face jail time, then they'll be changed. So uh, let's circle back to Volkswagen, Simon. The issue there even more complicated because they have a, a newish boss uh, Martin Winterkorn following an arcane coup that, in fact, we discussed on this program. Clearly, he's not going to go to prison, but is he personally being held accountable for this? I mean, I think it's difficult to say what the uh, American authorities will can and are able to do um, to hold senior bosses at Volkswagen to account. Whatever ha- happens to Winterkorn, the story is going to run and run. Volkswagen aren't the only company who've been involved in this sort of underhand activity. In Europe, as I said, it, you, you're permitted to do so. But I think consumers will uh, now start to take much more note of what the car companies are offering. Great. Thanks, uh, Simon Wright. Thanks, Ed McBride. That's all we have time for this week. Uh, There's lots of coverage of the Volkswagen scandal on Economist.com. From London, this is The Economist. The Economist. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.